Welcome to Beyond Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Petralis, and we are super excited for today's guest. Uh, we have a huge lineup coming up this week. Um, you know, we we have, we have booked solid really almost every night with different athletes on uh, from the collegiate level. And we have some really good ones, some that have really stood out, uh, both from a social media aspect, but just statistically uh, in, in whatever conference they play in, division that they play in. Uh, and we have a connection with some of these athletes, and we'll be talking a little bit more about that as the podcast goes on. But Endicott football, I've been paying attention to these guys over the last few years because I think their social media is like top notch and how they promote their program and what they show off and the angles that they have and the fun things that they do. Uh, obviously, beautiful facility. They pump a lot of money to it along the water, the whole nine yards. Like who doesn't want to play there? Uh, but they also have a lot of success in their athletics as well. And we have one of their football players here today. Uh, someone that if you go on his Instagram, we can talk about his Instagram page in a little bit. Uh, just seeing highlight after highlight of just dominating out there and, you know, cleaning up a quarterback very quickly. Uh, so from Endicott football, um, without further ado, Hector Johnson. Still, man. How you guys doing? Yeah, man, we're excited to have you on. Uh, you know, there's a lot to talk about. There's like the nerd in football and me that like wants to jump into some statistical things or just questions that I have, obviously, about your play and uh, defensive front and so on and so forth. But there's also some really cool things about you as well. Um, you, know, you seem like a pretty charismatic person, very upbeat, just meeting you when you came on the Zoom, uh, very easygoing, so on and so forth. So before we just kind of jump into you collegiately, let's talk about who you are as a person a little bit like i and i don't mean this in a, in a bad way but you went to quabin high school is, is is that is that in what like the name of the high school is that like a town quabin or is that just the name of the school it's the, it's the region so originally i went to i was in worcester and i went to doherty memorial high school and then made, midway through my high school career i moved out the city so i went to quabin regional which is a combination of the town of barry um Hubberston, hardwick like a few other towns around here, so okay. Because I, like, I always feel like I there's always a new town or a city that I've never heard of in Massachusetts. So I was like trying to figure that out, just kind of looking at your bio a little bit. Worcester, Mass, Quabbin. I was like, is Quabbin like a place in Massachusetts I've never heard of? Um, but obviously for you, you now play football more in this area. So let's just talk about football for you. Uh, passion, love for it. Where did it begin? Did you play at a very young age? Or is this something you kind of picked up in high school? I mean, really for you, let's start off with uh, who you were as a football player, where the love and passion kind of came from. Right? Um. Growing up, I grew up in West Africa, Liberia, and out there I played like soccer my whole life. And then when I traveled to the U.S., I was watching TV one day and I just saw these people hitting each other and like the rest was history. I'm like, yeah, this is what I want to play. And How so old I, were you? How old were you? When I came to the U.S., I was um nine years old, going to 10 years old. Okay. I started playing football until the seventh grade because like, I was trying. I, it took a long time to get my mom to convince, get me to convince my mom to do it. She didn't want to really... She thought it was a very violent game, and she wasn't really a big fan of it. So seventh grade, signed up for the Worcester Vikings, and shout out my first coach, Coach Clark, Coach Clark from Worcester Vikings. Um, he just made me just fall in love with the game, the aggression, how physical it is, and my very first position I actually played was defensive and running back. So I always had like a tie to the defense. I always liked hitting people. I didn't really like getting hit as much. That's why I knew like down the line I wanted to play defense, but. That yeah, was you're, it. you're the one laying it, man. You're not the one taking it. Yeah, I, I mean, I get it. Um, Since then, I just fell in love with the game. 
Um, started watching back then, back in like 20, 2012, 2013. That's when the Legion of Boom of the Seattle Seahawks was a big thing. So that became my team. And I just like, I also saw guys like Cam Chancellor on TV. I'm like, yeah, one day I want to be there. So that's just where my passion came from. Man. I'm like, yeah, my whole life I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to play. And now it's just. Yeah, stay- man. And I think that that's like so important when you say that. I mean, for you, obviously, like you knew you wanted to play and it was something that you were passionate about and obviously seeing it on television in that kind of time period. Yeah, when secondaries were secondaries and they could be able to come up and hit receivers and not get flagged all the time and be physical at the line of scrimmage. I mean, yeah, that was like tough physical defensive football. Um when did you maybe start realize you start playing in seventh grade? Like, was there a point that you began to really stand out in the sport? Like you obviously said that one side of the ball for you became more evident than maybe the other. Was there a point for you that you began to stand out and realize that like, man, football is something that I now want to take to that next level when I go to college to pursue, you know, what it is that I want to pursue. Um, I'll say it definitely was like till high school, like and during Pop Warner, I played with guys like Iman Dennis. So like he was a star of the team, obviously. So the shot on the team like that, it was like it was tough because he was just like Iman is Iman, you know what I mean? But it wasn't until until like high school when I came to Quabbin when I really like my junior year, it was like to me, I think I thought it was a bit mediocre. And then I actually started like really taking my training to the next level, started really taking it serious until like my senior year. Of high school, that's when I really test myself. Like, yeah, like maybe like this is something. Like, I always knew I wanted to play in college, but it became more realistic that year. When I say, like, yeah, I could definitely do this. So that was when I really started standing out from the rest of the people. And obviously, when I did get to college, um, I still had to work my way up because being like one of the best on your high school team means nothing when you come to a school where everybody was the best in the high exactly, school. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I just started all over again. So, but that's the beauty of it, though, is like you work your way up and. Just keep climbing the ladders. Now, for you, like, and we have a lot, like, our listeners vary from 18 to 34, right? So we have kind of a wide audience. So a lot of people that we have that listen to this, uh, they're going through this process themselves of college recruiting or whether they go prep school for a year before they make that decision. I mean, talk about that decision for you, because I'm sure there were a lot of schools knocking on your door and a lot of schools that are interested in obviously Endicott is where you chose. Maybe talk about that recruiting process a little bit for you and what maybe some of the deal breakers were for you as far as like why you chose what you chose. Um, To be honest, my recruiting process was a bit, it was, it was a very like frustrating process honestly like covid kind of played a big role into it that year because it was like 2020 at the end of my high school career but i'd be lying to you if i sat here and told you that i didn't want to play at the highest level possible you know like i was aiming i said yeah my goal is to get to the nfl and i want to play d1 minimum d2 so back doing my recruitment process like i feel like it didn't really help the fact that i went to a small town school out here like it's not much exposure or publicity so it was definitely definitely tough, and like I also didn't help myself. Like I didn't go, I didn't really give myself much exposure either because I didn't go to camps. I only went to one camp, and the only camp I went to was Bentley University. And like when I went out there, the school showed a bit interest in me, and I was like, you know what, like this is something I want to pursue. But at the time, I felt like I was putting in more work recruiting myself, and the coaches were recruiting me. There was like those schools, like there's other like small D three schools, and Endicott was also there, and, and like the background trying to recruit me, but stupidly i wasn't really paying much attention to them i wanted to, to be with the big dogs and like mm-hmm. when it came out to it, 
like that February of my senior year, not even like January, no, December, I was supposed to, I had a, I had an overnight schedule up at Bentley. So I was like, you know what, like maybe this could work out. Maybe they can throw me like a PWO or some type of offer because it's a very expensive school. I was not trying to pay out of pocket to go to school like that. So I reached out to my recruiter at the time and he told me that he left the school and like that broke my heart because like now he put me in the hands of another recruiter who didn't really see me in the way that he saw me so it kind of it just screwed up my whole entire recruitment process so you know what i was like you know what i'm gonna just stop being bougie and just go maybe give these other schools that are trying to like look at me give them a shot and like i feel like that's the best decision i ever made that's when i, I remember my my guy coach pop locked in with him he was on my back, man, hitting me up every day. I was like, you know what? I'm a visitor school. When I went there, I visited. I'm like, wow, like it's a beautiful campus. Right. I mean, you walk into paradise to begin with, right? But like, oh man, they had the blue and green. I mentioned the Seahawks earlier. It just reminded me so much of the Seahawks. I'm like, yo, like I put those uniform on. I'm like, yeah, like this might be the one. And I started doing more research about the school. Like I saw like they were pretty, like they're winning, they're winning program. I got a chance to meet the head coach, Coach McGonagall. And like he said everything I wanted to hear. And like, I was willing to take the shot on them, man. I feel like looking back at it, I was like, wow, I'm glad I did because honestly, I feel like I honestly wish I was locked in with them from the beginning because they were showing a lot of love. They was reaching out, like something that the schools that I wanted to do weren't doing, you know what I mean? So like the school that just showed me a bunch of love, I was telling them like, yeah, man, if if they're willing to invest in me, then that means that like that's, that's somewhere I want to go because I don't want to go somewhere where the coaches are just going to see me as just another player and not just, you know what I mean, willing to yeah. invest in me me and make me the player I am today. So yeah. And I think that that's so important because for you, like you maybe open your eyes to realize to say, Hey, like there are other opportunities and sometimes the opportunities that you think of there are not right. And sometimes the opportunities that you would never even think of end up being the best ones. And in this case, just kind of seeing your growth. Like I was kind of talking to you off ear a little bit. What was really impressive when I first got put on to kind of you as your social media page was just seeing clips of like the quarterback, maybe getting to their third step. And on a five-step drop, forget about it. But like even on a three-step drop, you're coming around the corner and it is just like extreme pressure. Uh, so I'm going to kind of the, the nerd in me and the coach in me a little bit wants to talk about two kind of specific areas that I noticed statistically growth from you from your freshman year to your sophomore year. And then we can kind of read some of your ask, ac- accolades from your sophomore year. But like I look at your freshman year of 2021, 2022, uh, obviously COVID plays an effect of people playing and working so everyone's getting back into it you played in 10 games i don't know what the difference was in snaps like say between your freshman and sophomore year but i'm just going to go off the of stats here um uh games played you know 10 tackles 17 assisted total tackles uh 27 tackles um for loss four and a half okay three sacks the jump into your from your freshman year to your sophomore year um, an extra game played 11 games, but here's the jumps, right? Uh, tackles 30 assisted 18, 48. So you jump up 21 tackles in total, uh, sacks. You went from three sacks the previous year to 14 and a half sacks and tackles for losses. What I think is one of the most impressive stats because that stat gets even bigger is your freshman year was four and a half, uh, you know, plays for tackle for losses to your sophomore year. The jump was 21 and a half. I mean, that's huge jump with forced fumbles that are also two of them. Uh, that that's a result of that. And with that stat, obviously, 
you know, that's not even plays that you impacted, that you redirected or got blown up and maybe you didn't make the tackle, but you caused the 10 car pile up that makes the play for a loss. So that doesn't get sewn up on a stat sheet either. So my question, obviously there's going to be a lot of football we talk, but I just want to talk about what was that progression from freshman to sophomore? What did you do when football ended that year? to get to football that following year for you to really just change and understand your system and buy into uh, where you were at? Um, first and foremost, like that year, I got a lot closer to God, you know, like I'm very high in faith and I just started like really getting down to the level where I was like, you know what, God gave me this gift and this talent. I feel like what I do with this talent and this gift is my gift back to God. So I just got a lot closer to God. And then obviously like, faith without work is death you know so i i I said i said upon myself i'm like i have to put the work in to really separate myself i was not really pleased with my first season my first season as a in college obviously like i played i played those 10 games that you mentioned but those were very minimum snaps like the first few i didn't really start i didn't i didn't start that year until i want to believe probably like week five or week six because one i was i was new to the position like I, i came in i got recruited as a safety and i got moved to linebacker and then moved to defensive end. So like it was a bunch of different different changes in my like my growth out there. My coaches were trying to put me into the, the right position where I could really succeed, you know. And I feel like they I, at first I look back at it, I was like, man, I don't know what it is they're trying to do with me, but I'm gonna just trust the process. And definitely and also along that road, man, I I I was I was familiar with Exceed up in Westboro, but then I went there a few times, but then that summer. From my freshman year to my sophomore year, I committed to it. I was like, you know what? I'm really not even that that just that summer, that winter when I came home, I committed to it. Summertime, I really, I really locked in. And those guys up there, man, it's my guy Sean and Shane. They do a really good job helping me out to really just like I focus more on speed. Like they, they knew I was like strong physically. They wanted me, they wanted to get me faster, they don't want to get me more agile in like ways where I can improve my skill, not just like you know, lifting weights and stuff like that. So I feel like that really made the game a lot easier for me. And I'll be, I'll be, I'll be on great for I don't shout out my guy, Coach Dustin up at Undercard, the strength coach. I got a lot closer to him. We started, I, t- I told him like my goals, what I want to work, what I needed to work on, where I needed to be. And he just helped me to get to the level I wanted to be at. Also, like a lot of my friends, I, I try to surround myself around people who are like-minded to me. You know, my boy, Michael Candy, Anthony Caginelli up at school, my brother, um, Banks, man, everybody like, I just surrounded myself with a group of guys who just wanted to be at the level I wanted to be at. And it really motivated me. And I'm grateful for that. And like, obviously my coaches up at Endicott, my, my guy, coach Pop, coach McGonagall, all those guys, man, they really helped me to get to the position I want to be. And I just trusted what they wanted for me. My, my, def- my defensive line coach, coach Medi Squally, everybody, man, it's just like my support system is unimaginable, man. That's why I thank God every day. I have a bunch of guys, my family, my, like everybody just around me, just helped me every day. And I feel like I do this for them. And I, I want to be the best I can be just so they can look back and be like, yeah, like they have something to be proud of. So, I mean, it's not the end of the road. Still a lot of room for improvement and we're going to keep working. Yeah. I mean, you seem as humble as anything. You seem as hardworking. I mean, obviously all that you said, like, yeah, you trusted the process. You bought into the off season, obviously getting stronger. You shouted our boys over exceed. You know, we had Sean and Miguel on our podcast a few months back and, you know, just so innovative. And one thing that I'm seeing them do a lot of, which 
it was something we really talked about on the podcast was the what they do on social media and showing it off. I think Sean's really smart and I think that he really right. knows what he's doing and he has everything down to a science. He's an extremely well-spoken guy. And now that he's showing that off and people are able to see his mindset and what he's thinking and why he does things the way he does or what this facility offers. Like, yes, I mean, it is, it's only going to get bigger with kids like you that are having such success at the college level or even other athletes that they train at the different levels, they're, they're seeing their results and they're seeing uh, those people kind of reaching their highest potential in whatever sport it is that they play. So going back to you a little bit more at Endicott, and obviously that jump, I named those stats specifically your sacks and your tackle for losses. That also comes with some, oh, I shouldn't say some, but quite a bit of accolades. I'm not going to sit here and read every single one of them because that's like a different podcast like episode, but some things that were extremely impressive. And then a few, I actually have a question about, but just starting um, athletic, right? Um, you were defensive lineman of the year in your conference and also defensive player in the year in conference as a sophomore, uh, NEFWA, all new England team, D three football.com, all region first team. And you were a Gagliardi trophy and a cliff Harris award nominees. What, what, what are those two? You can say that again. My the, the, the Gagliardi trophy and the cliff Harris, is that like defensive players of the year type? Wow. Awards. The, Cliff, the Cliff Harris Award. Um, it's for I feel like the best defensive, the best defensive player, um, in the nation at a small college. So like it's wow. like you just submitted that best defensive player, and then you just get nominated in a pool of guys, and that's just what it was. So I feel like it was unbelievable, unbelievable. And I mean, obviously, Noontime Sports. We know Matt Noontime, and he covers you know your guys' conference and other conferences in Division Three extremely well. Uh, you a special teams player of the week too in season, which is incredible. On top of, um, you know, just the defensive player that you are, you're a captain uh, uh, of your high school football team here. I'm just kind of reading some of your stuff. 63rd nationally ranked pentathlete in high school, which is extremely impressive. Um, but then the academic stuff, all college sports communicators, academic all district, CCD, CCC academic all conference, and three time and the dean list. So you're putting the work in the classroom as well, uh, which is great to see that the program program has such great well-rounded athletes that are succeeding both on and off the field um but for you like talk about mindset for you because you seem like a pretty mild like calm person who just like understands putting the work in but then you put the football helmet on and it becomes a different mindset you're out there you're being physical you're getting amped up uh you can sometimes become a different person so for you Talk about who you are off the field versus who you are on the field a little bit. Is it a much different person? Are you as relaxed as you are here? Or do we just see kind of a different dude? <laughs> um, I feel like I'm pretty the same on and off the field. I mean, less physical off the field for sure. Yeah. But I try to carry myself in a very disciplined way. Like, I don't know, like, I'm just so used to a system. Like, every day I start my day, the first thing I do, I try to make my bed because I tell myself, I'm like, hey, if I do nothing else all day, at least I can say I made my bet. So like, and off the field, I feel like I take pride in just being a big brother. I got three younger siblings and like, I want to do everything I can to just kind of pave the way for them and help my two little sisters just kind of see how I carry myself so they can be great men and women when they grow up. You know what I mean? Like, and at times I feel like I, I go a little too hard on them because I be trying to get them to just be too much like me. And like my mom tried to tell me all the time, like, Listen, they're, they, they're young, and so I'm working on that for sure, but I just try to just help them out, give them advice, be the example they need to be in the household, and 
That's great stuff. That like honestly, hearing that as someone who's a dad of twins that are four and is an elementary school teacher and you know, kids and having role models and people to look up to, it's great to hear that you take a lot of pride in that. So that, that, that yeah, that's great to hear, man. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. But in addition to that though, like I just I don't know, I just my life, my 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 purpose in life is to just I always tell myself I want to retire my mom. I feel like my mom is such a the most special woman to me in, in this whole world. And I, I want to just put myself in a position where she don't have to worry about anything no more. I feel like she's done so much for me personally and the rest of my siblings that I take upon that responsibility that like, I want to do everything in my will to be able to provide for her and make sure that she's good for life. So like, that's, I feel like with that, that's like, that's a lot of this. I feel like I was at that chip on my shoulder and that's why every day I wake up and like, I think about her. I think about where I want to be. And I like, I just have to you know, just keep going. Keep on putting the work in, trust in God. And I tell all the time that one day, man, one day she's going to look back at all the times where, because like when I'm home from school, she'd be expecting me to just be home hanging out with her. I'm a mama's boy, I have to admit, but yeah, yeah. she doesn't, she, she doesn't like the fact that I'm gone all the time. I'll be trying to tell her mom, like, yeah, like I have to, like I, I commute to exceed all the time. Like, it's about like an hour, hour there, hour back. But wow. I cycle this every day because I know it's worth it. Like they have a great facility out there and I want to go out there and put the work in and just do everything I can just to put myself in a position just to be what I want to be for her. So I feel like that's just. Yeah. I mean, to even hear that you, I didn't realize that you drive that distance. Like that's, that's incredible actually, because you know, that is, I mean, that's a hike for you on top of like the work that you got to put in and obviously, you know, the social life and then being a mama's boy and being home, right? Like all of that for you, um, that's that's a tough act to balance and you do it in the classroom as well. So it's good to hear how well-rounded you are. I mean, schematically, you, you're obviously down on the line. 14 and a half sacks last year is impressive. Obviously a jump of like 11, you know, sacks from the previous year. What changed for you as far as maybe scheme went or just maybe how you play the position? I mean, I'm guessing you're a strong side end or maybe even a stand-up guy in third and sit long situations where they maybe move you around a little bit. But where did you just kind of find a little bit more success in your game as far as getting around the edge or just getting to the pass rusher in certain scenarios and defenses? Um, I feel like my freshman year, I was still kind of like new to the position in a sense. And like, I made a lot of mistakes. Like that whole entire freshman season, I played that season not knowing the difference between run block and pass. Like I just thought every play was pass. That was how just get off the ball and just run. So like, I feel like that spring was really, that what really made the difference. Like I sat down with my coach every time I just watched a lot of film. I just tried to just slow the game down for me. and just made me understand a lot. And like a freshman, another freshman mistake I made, I, I really wasn't into the playbook that much. Like, I just, I try to just, I thought it was high school. I really thought, right, like, right. you just go out there and play football, but it humbled me, man. Like, I really locked down. I try to understand the scheme of the defense, understand how everything works, and I just try to play the game fast. Obviously, like, I train a lot harder, but it all came to just being comfortable with the position that spring where my coaches just tried a bunch of new things with me. Like, he put me, like, I wouldn't really say I'm one-sided. I play, I play end on both sides. I mean, my, bar, my boy, um, Colin Maropolis, who's the other end. Up at Endicott, he's a dog actually. Oh my god. <laughs> um, I feel like we just like we we play both sides. Like we'll be in a game, and I would like we don't have to switch sides and stuff like that. We're just communicating. Like I feel like I play well with him, he plays well with me. And but I just understood the position a lot more. Like I understood 
I, I learned how to just read offensive linemen. I started watching the hands more and I started getting better with my hands. Just like I just kind of worked on more technique stuff than just, I feel like being strong is good, but you have to kind of balance it to like where you understand the game and you can like play the game in slow motion at a, at a fast speed. And that's where it really just separated me from freshman season to sophomore season. And I feel like there's still a bunch of stuff I need to work on. Like this spring, Coach Bob sat me down and we talked about a bunch of like little technique stuff I actually need to clean up. And I've been trying to work on it this summer. So hopefully I'm very, very excited for what this year has to hold. And the goal is to just keep going up there, man, just keep climbing. I try not to look too much about what I did last year because that was last year and not me. Like now it's a new year. I'm back to square zero. I ain't do nothing yet. I'm just trying to keep that mindset. Just, I'm just I just want to stay hungry. Like that's why when you read it down, that whole list of stuff, man, I try to just block it out. Yeah. Like, that's cool, but. Not yeah, I mean, in, in this offseason is probably a little bit different as far as coaches go because you popped on the map. Maybe last year you weren't on people's radar and they didn't know who you were, but now they know who you are, right? So obviously teams are going to probably – I mean, obviously they have already, but they're going to schematically plan for you. They've seen a little bit more film for you. So obviously the development of your game is really important too, and I'm sure that your defensive coordinator uses you in a lot of creative different ways too that force teams to kind of – Maybe yes. have numbers against them as far as blitzing or, or just like three on twos where like you're going to get pressure somewhere. So um, that's great to see. And obviously you've had a lot of success. You you, know, you obviously gave someone a shout out. Um, what's the squad looking like this year for you? What are some of these, you know, guys that are coming back that had a lot of success last year that, you know, end the cup football is going to be on the map uh, come the fall and late fall. Um. I don't want to give too much out there because I don't know who's going to be listening. But <laughs> I say the guys, like obviously how our season ended last year is nothing to be proud of. Like definitely want to go further to my mom. I don't want to come home for Thanksgiving. Don't even think about it. I don't want to be at the table. I want to be with the boys pushing it second, third round of playoffs. Definitely. But right now we're focusing on St. Lawrence week one for sure. But the squad is looking like right now. The biggest thing is just have all the guys to just keep stay hungry. Keep doing the right things, you know, like just because last year's success doesn't mean success this year. I try to tell the guys like, yo, man, stay at it. These teams that like, we're going to be the team that teams want to beat these days. You know what I mean? So teams are going to try to give us that best games. They're going to come with the best teams and best everything. And like you mentioned, like even from from week one last year to towards the end of the year, I, f- I faced a lot of difficulty because like you said, teams got film on me. There's been times where I had to push through the double teams and stuff like that. But that's a challenge I'm, I want to embrace. I want to keep getting better because like regardless of well, obstacle may be on the way. I just want to put my, I want to give myself the tools with the help of my coaches to just, whatever it's double team, triple team, whatever it is, man. I just yeah, want to, yeah. just want to keep going. I don't want to make excuses for everything because I want to be better than I was ever before. And with that, like obviously with film and all that shit stuff, it's going to be a lot more challenging, but that's what makes this game fun. I embrace every challenge and I, I'm excited for my guys. The team, our team, oh, I don't want to say too much about the team, but. You're feeling good. You're feeling pretty good. Pretty confident. Like okay. All right, we don't have we don't have to give much away, but obviously I do, and I mentioned this at the top. I do follow your guys' social media. To me, I've noticed that in Twitter, especially when I started this podcast, and I really paid attention to what schools and programs were still trying to do to obviously engage high schools or recruitment, but even high schools and how they were kind of keeping their players um, engaged, whether it was Zoom meetings or 
you know, having them watch film or whatever it is, being able to do that all together from a virtual aspect. Um, but for you, like, I kind of found like a really funny, cool stat that I want to share with you. And I don't know how much of a numbers guy you are, but I, 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 I jump here because talking to you, you seem like a very smart and kind of driven and focused person. Uh, and to me, that's about mindset. And I think that some kids just have that built in mindset that they're able to lock in when they need to lock in and focus on what they need to focus on. And what I loved is, like I said, I'm kind of a stat geek and I pulled up your stats from last year and you might know this or not. I don't know. But your home stats versus your away stats defensively. Um, I don't know if you kind of know the discrepancy in numbers here, but let me just share this with you, okay? You on the, at home, you had this past season. Again, I'm just reading the numbers based off of your guys' like site, right? So you had total tackles, 22, um, four sacks, and seven tackles for losses. On the road, you had... Uh, 26 tackles, 10 and a half sacks, 14 and a half uh, tackles for losses. So long bus trips, long road trips, getting somewhere. So my question to you is, what is your mindset when you're coming out of the locker room from when the walking from your coach gets you fired up to walking down to the field, to the captains flipping the coin, to national anthem, where's your head at mindset wise when you're on the road, or maybe it's the same when you're at home and on the road, but especially when you're on the road of like, what's, what's about to happen. Um, Like I would say, I would definitely say my mindset is pretty similar, but at home is a lot. It's a lot more distractions at home. Like, you know, like you see, you see more of your friends, you see more of more of my family come to those games. So at times, like people say my name and I'll just get out of line and like when I'm away, when I'm away games, our bench is away from the crowd. So I feel like I'm locked in more on the game. And like, I, I, I personally feel like I play better. I play better on the road because like, especially on that bus trip, man, I'm just, I have more time to really concentrate on the game and really sit down and just, I watch a little bit extra film because we're traveling, we're not in class. I watch a little bit of extra film and my coach, even like my, my coach Milano, we also say like he, he enjoys, he enjoys real, real games also because there's less distractions. So it's definitely a distraction standpoint for sure. But at the locker room man, before, like you said, national anthem, all that, I just, I just try to really clear my mind. I try not to think too much. You know, I just try to be mindful of my surroundings be, because I just want to just, I want to have everything just slow down. It's a lot of chaos out there. I just want to kind of have everything slow down, try to meditate for a little bit, just, I say a prayer for sure and just give everything to God, man. I feel like all my success comes from the man above. I feel like I don't do anything. Here. When people want to ask me, why is it this way? I'm like, yo, ask the man upstairs because he's the, he gave me this ability and I feel like I'm just doing what he called me out here to do. So I don't, I don't, I really don't be doing too much thinking. Yeah. But in the, in the midst of the game, I, I mean, it gets heated sometimes. Sometimes I lose focus, but I try to just regroup myself before that. Every snap just trying to, feel myself breathing. So I know where I'm at and where my feet are and just do I Yeah. Move. I mean, in the game is the game. And I think that that's what that away stat shows the most is that you just go up to a field and play the football game that you've been practicing and training for and studying and really trying to be the best that you can have for a long time now. And you can do that in a beautiful field, a terrible field, a dirt field, a backyard field, a farm, like, you can go anywhere and play that game. And I think that that stat really kind of stood out to me 
um, as far as kind of your development as a player as well and just kind of who you were. And you said home games, maybe just more distractions, student bodies there, everyone's tailgating, having fun. Like, you know, I, I get a college atmosphere game on a Saturday on that campus is tremendous, right? So, like, I totally get it. Um, so let me ask you this. <clears throat> There's a spaceship that like flies in, lands on Endicott's football field. The the ramp opens up. This monster comes out and says, this is our field now. Who's Endicott football sending through the locker room doors? Who's the baddest dude in that locker room that you are sending through to take on that alien for the field? Who's the baddest dude in your program? I don't even have to think about this. Michael Canny, man. (laughs) My brother, Michael Canny, number five. Everybody agrees with this, man. So what position does he play? What year is he? Tell me a little bit more about this guy. He's a junior also, defensive tackle. Just like he's the closest thing to a gorilla on the team. Like, <laughs> like I'll be watching this film, man. He's just uh, he he he's different. He's definitely different. And I'm excited for what he's about to show on film this year. Like I feel like last year he also had a pretty good year from his freshman season to his sophomore season. I feel like the sky's the beginning for my guy for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's so funny, you know, and and I ask that because I think that that also anytime I have a football guest on here, that brings a lot of laughs and also just brings a lot. I'm sure you people are going to listen to this and some people are going to die laughing or say the same exact person. Um, And, you know, that stuff's really funny. And I think that's like what great program stuff is uh, for you. Um, One thing that I've been loving about college football practices that I've seen change over just the last half decade or maybe seven years is music and practice. When I was a head football coach myself, I really try to implement music in our practices a lot, especially during dead areas where you feel like maybe focus would be off a little bit. Let's try to get these kids refocused with music and dancing on the field or whatever it is. Like they're locked in doing what they need to do to be locked in. So we run into trouble in the high school area when there's like surrounding houses and neighborhoods that complain it's too loud and that they don't want music. So we, we can't do that, but where you guys are, you probably are able to do that. Talk about practice style for you guys and maybe how that has helped with your success, or maybe it's just different than you've ever seen playing the game of football before. Um, I say music is definitely a factor. Like we, our playlist could be a lot better. I'll tell you that. Like, that's something I've been trying to get the, the guys who were captains last year to really fix. But music, music is a big thing. But I feel like our practice style, we practice very fast. Like we do everything. We do everything that we're gonna do in the game. Like our coach had to implement like too many drills, just game-like scenarios that's gonna prepare us for those top moments in games. And I feel like that really helped us prepare and like that really kind of separates us from the rest of the team. Like we have a period in practice where we literally all we do is pursue to the ball. You know what I mean? Like we take pride in that, like regardless of just a man running without a ball. Everybody's running across the field just to take pride in chasing the ball because you never know what could happen if you're on that side where the ball is. So I just feel like our coaches do a very good job in just kind of getting us to take pride in the little things that other teams probably wouldn't pay attention to, you know. And we have we have a bunch of small rules that we can't really do, but it's more of a, like a mindset thing. Like, yeah, you could think it's stupid, but down the long run, like that little thing can make a big difference in the last two minutes of a playoff game or something serious like that. So definitely. Yeah. And how much, like how much in practice, like when you guys go back and watch film, how much of that pursuit drill are you watching as far as angles go? And I mean, do coaches put a big emphasis and kind of the film don't lie type stuff with that segment of practice? Definitely. Like he, they, they lay a lot of emphasis, even when the guys are the guys that are like, cause we do like first defense will go out and pursue second defense and ask 
as the as the defense is running out, the rest of the guys on the sideline are doing hashbacks or like numbers, like doing something just to keep us like going, just to kind of get us to be very fit, like very fit. Because like there, there's been games where we should have lost, but just over the fact that we were more in shape than the other team, we had more motor quarter than they did back in the first quarter. So that just really separates a lot of things, and it sucks. I ain't gonna lie to you. Sometimes uh, seeing like the early months of the summers. It's hot, but it's just something we all take pride in. We all want to keep doing that and keep pushing because we want to be – we don't want anything to be in the way of beating us. We want to just be in the best shape possible with the best mindset. We have the best coaches, I believe, and we just got to keep it going. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, and I, and I mean this, and I said this already, but, yeah, that social media, like I paid attention to your guys' program and seeing the success, the statistics uh, of some of these individual players as well, and they do a great job of really balancing it. And uh, obviously seeing your stuff too, man, I mean, you are you are a threat off the edge. I'm sure your coaches have a lot of fun scheming you uh, and moving you around and so on. What are your goals for this year? I mean, how much, how much do you pay attention to stats? And I don't mean that in a, like a – are you just a staff person, blah, 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 but like in a realistic way, like are there stats that you do pay attention to or are there certain goals that you have for yourself? And if so, one, whatever you want to say, but like are there certain goals that you're looking to meet going into your, your next season and progression? Um, I feel like I would definitely say I'm a stat person. And I, I'm not just saying that because like, I just watch stats, but I feel like that just measures performance, you know? And I'm, I'm sure that I'm, I'm also a believer in like, there's a lot of guys out there who are playing great football, but, not everything is gonna be shown on the stat sheet, but I feel like set like I feel like stats is an easy way for me to set goals. But before I talk about my personal goals, I'm gonna talk about my team goal. Definitely this year, for for the team, I want us to definitely be be better than we were last year. I want us to go a lot further in the playoffs, and I also want us to have I want us to have the best defense in the country again. And personally, I want to lead the nation in sacks. I feel like I finished the season. I'm not I'm not sure as of the exact numbers, but I kind of fell down a little bit than I was earlier in the season. So I just want to kind of keep that up. And I feel like a big reason for that was obviously because team got more film on me. They knew how to really prepare for me. But I have to put myself in a position where I'm like, yeah, like, yeah, teams are going to do everything they can to stop me. But I just got to put myself in a position to be unstoppable. So yeah. that's, that's what I have for myself. And. Oh, I I I I want to be all American. I feel like they they mentioned me as preseason all American, but I don't really pay attention to that stuff because you don't really accomplish anything in the preseason. And I feel like it's like honor honorable mention and stuff like that. But obviously, like it's an honor to even be recognized because my freshman season I got none of those recognitions. So it's definitely a blessing that these I'm on these people's radar. So definitely, I I de I want to be not just a go myself for myself. I want to be on that level. I want to be talked about as one of the best in the country at the position I play in. With the with God being by my side, keep pointers working. I'm hoping and I have faith that it's all going to be possible. I mean, that's great, man. I mean, that's striving for like huge success. I mean, the numbers don't lie in your jump. And I mean, if those numbers like doubled again, I mean, or jumped how they jumped, I mean, you're talking astronomical, but like in all seriousness for, for you to kind of be striving for that and want to be mentioned in that conversation and that there was even preseason talk about it, whether you're pay attention to it or not. Um, that's great that, you know, because, you know, there's always that debate of like, do people pay attention to certain things? I think you have to, I think when you set goals for yourself, you're not setting individual goals for yourself per se, but if you're setting individual goals for yourself, 
those goals are also for the betterment of your team. Like if you're shooting for over 20 sacks, like, and that's a goal that you want to reach, that's not selfish individual. That's like 20 sacks isn't going to hurt your team at all. Like we want you getting 20 sacks. Right. So like, you know, I, I think it's great that you have these goals and you strive for greatness and it's not just accomplishing small things. It's accomplishing big things and having that, you know, like you said, in your faith and believing that things fall into place and that they will, uh, but also putting in the work, knowing that that's the other aspect of it for you too. Who are you a little bit off out of football? I mean, obviously you go to school and you're getting a degree and that's the most important part of of college and going to school. Uh, what are you taking up in school? I, I read that you kind of do have an internship and that you work in that a little bit. So what does your summer look like now that school's not in session? Um, I study finance up at, up at Endicott and I feel like I really like it because I've always been a numbers guy. So I want to be in like the business field. I don't like writing papers. I don't like the English and the other stuff. I feel like that's not who I am. But um, last summer I interned for a nonprofit and this summer, I'm actually interning up at Seed right now. I'm doing like a marketing internship up there. So I'm kind of just out there getting as much knowledge as possible. Also trying to help them. So without whatever like little social media stuff I know, just gotta just help them kind of gain a little exposure and just build more awareness for the for the um gym itself. So I feel like that's been very fun. And this this upcoming this school year, I have to secure a semester long internship, and I have a few that I kind of been kind of considering. I've I've been talking to a few companies for sales and wealth management and stuff like that. So I'm just narrowing down on what it is I want to do. But I could either choose to do it this fall or this spring, but I don't, I can't, I've been kind of trying to ask my teammates around if it's best to do an internship in the football season. I don't want anything to really hinder anything with my season. So I just want to do the best thing I can just to make sure that it is a clear way for football because that's the most important thing to me right now, obviously. And School is very important to me too, but I'll be honest with you. If it wasn't for football, I wouldn't be in school. So I feel like it's one of the main reasons why I'm furthering my education. Yeah, it's great. And you're striving for greatness. And obviously with that greatness, I mean, there's, you know, plenty of people. I know Framingham stated a year or two years ago had a guy who, you know, tried out the Seahawks and made it right. So, um, you know, that, that is, that's impressive. And we're seeing that more at different levels that, you know, guys can come in and schematically play right and have the ability and, I can do that. So I think when you shoot for yourself for goals like that and can achieve those, then, you know, those conversations are more realistic than, than maybe you think, or people think. So uh, that's great that you strive for that and so on. Um, What are your interests outside of football? Like what are some big things that like you're into just as a person in general? Like I know I was a quietly huge chess player when I was in like high school, like nobody really knew that about me. But if I saw people playing chess, I'd be like, Hey, you guys play like want to play a game. And like, I'm like looking behind me to make sure no one sees it. Like, do you have anything like a talent or, or something that you just like is a huge interest for you? Oh, I mean, I juggle a little bit, but that's nothing, nothing too crazy. I'm not like the pro jugglers that be going like four or five, but like, I feel like outside of football, I really enjoy like, I don't know. I wouldn't call myself a bodybuilder because I feel like that's a very like, I don't know. I feel like bodybuilders can't really move that muscles in a certain way. They're just like stiff. So I, I do love like kind of lifting weights. Um, I, I love fitness. I just love the fact that you get you over time, you get to see your body change based off like the stuff you do to it. So I love I love fitness and like a few of my teammates, like during the off season, like we'll go out to the gym, do a little extra stuff just to kind of, you know, keep the yeah. body the way it should, you know what I mean? So, but I don't really do much, honestly. I, I, I see myself as a very boring person sometimes. Like, I don't know. I feel like 
even when I try to do stuff outside of football, I will find like a little five minutes just to do something that yeah, least no. be out with the guys and I would I don't know pull off and just start stretching or doing something stupid. I just I don't know. I'm a little too obsessed with this thing, but hey, I mean some people think I'm crazy. Like when I try to show my guys, they'd be like, yo, like you could, you, you need to take a break, you need to rest. I'm like, man, you don't understand, man. Like it's just, it's just a part of you love dude and i think that that's so important when you're passionate you really love something you care about it it means a lot to you putting in the work is not like work to you putting it in is just because you want to get better at that thing that you're doing i definitely enjoy it yeah and obviously you can see the jump like we said statistically and working you know out at exceed and those guys and what they're doing there for you i mean the proof's in the pudding um and and, and it's great to see um for you, like, obviously, you mentioned that you came, what, to the United States at 9, 10 years old, you said, when you came yes. over. I mean, talk about, and I want to ask you this because, you know, I, I I teach, like, you know, I run a camp, for example, and we have, it's a 730 to 4.30 camp, and at 12 o'clock, there's a... English language learner program that is like at the same school that we're at. And there's like 42 kids and we have 36 out of 42 that parents that sign waivers. And we do have some of the parents that do speak multiple languages to help out with translation and directions and games and uh, which is great. But talk about that for you, because I think to, to me that, it, I think anybody who can speak multiple languages are just such intelligent people to begin with because speaking one language is really difficult to me, but to speak it and understand it and being able to do that very fluently to me is just like people that's just different level intelligence. Like that's just how I, I personally feel. And so um, for you, just talk about like looking back on that maybe now a little bit and seeing how successful you are like, that part of your journey for you a little bit and and seeing how well you you have done um i i will always say like my time in liberia was the best times of my life definitely um unfortunately though i wish i really wish i had a chance to learn a different language out there because i really i just spoke english out there like my family okay, okay. Else. like we we speak like i don't know if you understand like jamaicans they kind of speak with a little page in english we speak that out there but other than that, it's just regularly English. So I wish I was bilingual. Oh, okay. Okay. I didn't realize that. Okay. I really okay. wish. I really, really wish I spoke a different language. But I feel like my time out there, man, it just, it really just made me see the world so differently, especially being out here. Like people have it a lot more, like, like people are more fortunate out here. And like being out there, being, being there and coming here just made me appreciate the little things a lot more. Like back when I was in that barrier, I didn't have, like I, I was very fortunate because I had my mother here who was supporting us. So like I'm I'm not gonna sit down and say like, yeah, we didn't have ends me, we did, but we had to like there was still struggles, you know what I mean? Like, but that's that's the, that's why I really like it though, because it really teaches it taught me how to embrace like a good work ethic, you know what I mean? Like I, I enjoy the fact that I had to work a little harder for the little things. Like I we didn't just have water in the like running water. We had to go to a well and draw water and carry it for miles and stuff like that. Just the little things that just really like when I when, I, when I'm home sometimes and I just flick the light and I flick the switch, I'm like, oh, damn, thank God for that. Because back then we didn't have that. We had to wait till it was nighttime when the electricity came before we had that. Man, just little things, man. Like, I don't know. It was, it, it's such a beautiful thing out there. Like, every every kid out there, like, I just wish every kid had the opportunity that I have to come out here and really just reach that full potential. Because that is just so much talent in places like that. But the support system is very low. And people just, even like, kids who are good at sports and stuff like that, our parents don't really have it to really invest into that. 
talents and stuff like that because they rather spend the money on food. And it's, it's very, very sad. But that's why I thank God every day that my mom was able to work hard and get us out here because now I have everything. I have every resources and I have every little support system that I need to reach where I want to be in life. And that's why I'm so grateful for it. It just makes me a lot more grateful for everything. Yeah, and that's why sometimes, I mean, I've coached plenty of players that have come over from, you know, different countries and like American football is just different, like you said, than what, what maybe you thought football was or what you played football. And, um, you know, they're like juniors and you're just like, this kid is so good, but he just doesn't understand how good he is yet because he's still learning like how to play, but he is when he goes and plays somewhere in college and they put him on a diet and they put him in a workout plan and they sit down in classroom and really explain things and technique, like this kid is going to be unbelievable. Right. And like, that's, that's like the, the wonderful thing about like sometimes coaching sports and doing this podcast when you hear like such great, tremendous stories like that, that just like huge successes. Um, and to me, you're extremely impressive, man. Like I, like I said, my first introduction to you is the guys that exceed and then kind of following you on social media, looking at some of your stuff and just seeing, I'm like, man, this kid, and then looking at your stats and uh, yeah. And just hearing how you conduct yourself and carry yourself. Um, you know, I'll have you end with this question. And I, I do this a lot with a lot of guests that I have on. What's your advice to young athletes out there? Like young kids put in the work, like wanting to play at that next level. Like so many high school kids want to play at that next level. I want to play in college. I want to play in college. And sometimes in my head, I'm like, yep, mentally you probably can handle it. I don't know if you can. Like there's that jump. So like what is your advice to high school athletes that are looking to play collegiately that are looking to, you know, say, hey, this is what I want to do in the next four years of my life. Like talk about that commitment and, and what it is. Um, I feel like my advice, every kid out there, obviously my advice is to always just keep dreaming big. You know, like you think about guys who are in your positions right now, like Odell Beckham and Brown James or wherever, whatever you want to be in life. Like you always got to think about it. Like, yeah, they were once, it was, there was a time where they were once like you, you know what I mean? Just dreaming big. So like, don't think it's not possible because you always got to, like the whole entire way you have to think that it's possible because once you start having any doubt about yourself, then that just kind of slows the process down. You know, first you have to believe and secondly, you have to fall in love with what you really want to do because if you don't have love for the game or love for what it is you want to do, college, you're going to be very miserable in college because it requires so much time from you. It requires so much commitment that you have to really fall in love with it or else every day you're just going to be miserable and you're going to be dreading everything. And obviously like have faith that you're going to get to where you're going to get. But then as I mentioned earlier, Faith without work is dead, man. You have to really put the work in. And that's why, like, if you fall in love with this, when you fall in love with what you love, work will feel like fun and you'll be successful. So definitely just keep dreaming and just have to work along to get to where you want to be. How vocal are you, like, in positional meetings or, like, defensive meetings? Like, are you a vocal guy or are you quiet? Oh, it depends. I feel like I could be vocal, but, like, I'm vocal in, like, I'm vocal in a private way. You know what I mean? Like for my teammates, I don't know. Like when I see one of my teammates struggling or doing something, I wouldn't just, I wouldn't just call him out or yell at him in the midst of everyone. Like I, I feel like I would just try to get them aside and just first, I try to help them. I'm like, how can I help you with what it is that you're really struggling with? And then I try to just offer them like what I think and what it is. I just try to, because I feel like how I see it is like, I feel like the coach yell, call a player out or yell at him or if we all get yelled at and then the players start yelling over the yelling. I feel like that's not very effective. You yeah. know what I mean? But like, 
I would like, oh yeah, you gotta get all that, but then yeah, now what can I do to just help you? Like what if it's something you don't understand or I don't know, I just try to offer support instead of just like just Yeah. Vote. I mean, and I and I asked that, right? Because I'm like listening to you talk this entire podcast, I'm like, nice kid, well spoken, like team player, works hard, does all the right things. And then I see your clip of you sacking the quarterback. And basically waiting for lightning from the sky and Thor's hammer to come into your hand as you're celebrating. And I say to myself, there's that version of him. And then there's this version of him. Like, I love kind of seeing both. So I'm just so interested, like, because you are extremely well-spoken. And then I kind of see that like killer side, like that dog. Right. And I think, okay, how is this guy in the locker room? Like, 14 and a half sacks, dude. You're doing a lot of celebrating in the backfield, and guys are getting juiced up because of something you're creating in the backfield with another seven that were tackles for losses, and let's say five that you completely disrupted. So 12 other celebrations in the backfield of you blowing something up, let's just say, okay? I mean, yeah, I'm just – I'm so interested in your mindset with that, dude. Like, I just – I find it so interesting just, like, who you are a little bit there. Like a bunch uh, most of the times, man, it's just my passion getting to me. Sometimes I just, I just, I don't know. I, I just zone out. I'm like, yo, I go. I, sometimes I feel like my coach get mad at me though. He be thinking I be doing too much celebrating. I be trying to tell him, I'm like, it's it's not me. It's like something else. I just doing all that crazy stuff out there. And but I don't know. I just love this game, man. I just love being out there. Just like I'm, at, I'm, at, I'm at peace when I'm out there. So definitely, I just go. I just feel so free. Just doing what I love. Yeah. I mean, it's just so it's just, yeah. Like I just, I've coached plenty of kids that I've seen that same exact thing. There was this one kid. He was a true freshman high school comes in. His name was Anthony Reale. And he looked, I thought he was like a junior transfer. I'm like, who's this kid? And they're like, Nope, he's a freshman. And just seeing him like talking to him, like this, like goofy, like 14 year old, 15 year old kid. And then on the field, he is like bench pressing tackles off of him and just getting to the backfield. And it was just like, this is the same kid who was goofy and telling me about Pokemon. And he's back here beating up our senior left tackle. Like what, you know? And so, um, sometimes I just, I, I find that so interesting, just that like light switch. And I just, with you, I just see that. I'm like, this kid's really interesting. Um, you know, I appreciate you coming on here. I think, um, I I'm really going to follow you this year. You know, I'm very interested in obviously your program. Like I said, I follow you guys on social media well before this, but to kind of get to know you now and seeing who you are and kind of your story, but also that success and jump from your freshman to sophomore year. I'm so interested to see what your junior year is and becomes and, uh, you know, send us any clips, man, any cool things that you do. We'll definitely highlight on our social media pages, Instagram and Twitter. We have a pretty good following on Instagram and we keep growing. So uh, we love to shout you out and show you the love whenever we can. So, Thanks for taking the time today. And I know it's busy season for you. You guys are about to start up and get it going. So uh, thanks for taking the time and, and coming on here today. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Like it's been a pleasure. This has been really fun. Thank you for giving me a chance to get to know you as a person. Also, I just, just taking your time to usually do this. It was fun. Appreciate yeah, it, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Guys. So from beyond podcast, I'm your host, Anthony Petralis. Uh, Till next time.